Welcome to the podcast of Destiny Community Church. Sabbath began here in the summer of 2007. Um, it was our first summer as, as a church. We were exhausted with a handful of volunteers that made VBS happen across the street in the student center uh, before we ever moved the church into here. And, and it was just an exhausting week. And what I realized coming out of that was, was that there were leading into that with the church was planted in September 2006 leading into summer of 2007 we had worked hard hard as we possibly could to build the church to try and get people coming to the church and to get the name out and the word out and so we just worked so hard and I realized our church was tired very tired so I called us to a month of Sabbath there's nothing scriptural uh, about the month of July being a month of Sabbath but I felt very strong that we needed a break and so it was the seventh month and it was perfect timing for us because we needed a break. So I called the church to a month of Sabbath and we still had our Sunday services and we still had some get togethers on Wednesday nights, but we gave all of our teachers off on Wednesday nights and, and just tried our best to make it relaxing. And we continue to do that now. We came out of VBS a uh, week before last and, and now here we are and we, we work hard to get to this moment. And so this month we will focus our attention on Sabbath and the teaching of Sabbath. And, and every year I want to get creative with it. Every year I want to I want to share something new. And so year round, I read and study about Sabbath. Um, it is something that I neglected early on in my ministry, and it almost cost me my family. And so uh, from experience speaking, I can tell you, I need Sabbath in my life. And so this month is our month of Sabbath, and, and we're doing family activities on Wednesday nights, and it's going to be a lot of fun, and, and we still have our Sunday services. The band, they're not doing any new music this month. They are just, just teach, they're leading what you already know, and, and we're just having some fun and, and relaxing a little bit. And so this month, I want to concentrate our efforts on, on this one word, margin. Will you say that word? Just say margin. Margin. This past week, Mandy and I walked into a store to browse around. We had a couple of days out of town, and we were over in the Daytona Beach area. And we walked into a Marshall's over there. Mandy loves to shop at Marshall's. And so every Marshall's we see, we stop and go in. And, and it was late one evening and, and, and we walked into Marshall's. And when we walked through the door, there's this little boy standing there. He couldn't have been no more than five or six years old. And he's standing there with a toy in his hand. I didn't even know Marshall's had, had toys, but he found a toy somewhere in Marshall's. And, and he's standing there with this toy in his hand. And he says, but I want it. And his mom's not saying a word. She's just checking out, paying and all that. And he is, I'm actually toning it down a little bit. He is screaming at the top of his lungs, but I want it. And, and I'm, I'm just keep, keep walking because I'm like, you know, I can't take that right there. I'm on, I'm on vacation right now. I don't need that. I don't need that. His mom leaves and she turns around and comes back in the store. He's still standing in the doorway holding the toy. I'm thinking, this kid's going to make a run for it. He's going to steal this toy. He wants it this bad. I mean, he is doing everything but cuss his mama out. And he is standing there, but I want it. I've got to have it. I want it. And she comes back in. And when she comes back in the store, he takes off running. She's got to chase him. And she's not yelling. She's, she's so calm and just, you know, and she's just, until she grabs him and then she pulls him out of the store with him still screaming, I want it. I need it in my life. You know, this kind of thing. And so I wanted to grab this kid so bad. I, I, it took everything within me. I wanted to grab him by the sides of the head. 
I wanted to look at him and say, kid, these are the best years of your life. Somebody cooks for you. Somebody cleans for you. You don't have to worry about anything. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to straighten up. Don't you yell one more time. You yell one more time. I'm going to slap the mess out of you. Listen to me. Kid, you are going to hug your mama. You're going to tell her right now how much you love her. And then you're going to obey. Do you understand? And if you don't, I'm going to put this size 12 so far upside. Of course I didn't do that. I think there are laws in Daytona Beach that pro prohibit me from doing that. So I, I didn't do it, of course. But here's what I did do. As fast as I could, I went to the back of the store because I needed to put some space, some margin between me and the spawn of Satan. <laughs> because I was. I was going to say something to this kid that I was going to, to regret. And so I needed that space. So I went straight to the back of the store and, and, and I just put some space there. Life is so simple and easy when you're a child. I was looking at a little baby down here during fellowship time, meet and greet, and we're all just walking around and talking, and mom and dad had her down there, and she's just, just staring, yawning, just, just loving life. And, and life is so easy when you're a child because in most cases, not every case, but most cases, when you are a child, there are adults in your life that help you create margin. Uh, you know, they create margin in your diet because they make sure that you don't eat too much junk food. They create margin in your schedule, limiting your activities, making sure that your, your little body as a child is not overtaxed. They, they create margin in your rest when they enforce a bedtime for you as a child. And when you are young, margin is easily accomplished because someone else is responsible for creating that space for you in your life. And so it's easy to obtain that. But the older that you get, the harder it is to find that margin. When you are responsible to create your own margin, the, the task is so much harder. And, and it's because we're chronically rushed, we're chronically late, we're chronically exhausted. And most of us, we feel like Job when he said in, in, in chapter 3 and verse 26, he says, I have no peace, no quietness, I have no rest, only trouble comes. And you can, you can relate with that. Some of you in the room, some of the moms in the room right now are like, yes, yes. I have no peace, no quietness, I have no rest, only trouble comes. I like the way that Solomon said it in Ecclesiastes 5 and 3. He said, too many worries lead to nightmares. Anybody had ever had so much stress on your life that it wakes you up in the middle of the night and you are just scared out of your mind on what's going to happen? That's what happens. God designed us in such a way that we need margin in our lives. And without it, we, we will live life on the edge or even over the edge. If we're not careful, we will allow ourselves to become overtaxed. Margin is that space between our load and our limit. We all have a, a limit to our human capabilities. Listen, uh, some of you are going to get upset right now because you like listening to, to your favorite get-rich-quick you know, gurus and, and, and all the, the, the great you know, motivational speakers and stuff. But, but I, I need to be real with you today. God did not create you invincible all in within yourself. Sure, you are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. 
But without him, you are, if what's the opposite of invincible, you're very vincible. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) That's who you are. You are limited in your own abilities. Society has convinced us to ignore that, that, that load and, 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 and just to let it fill up every aspect of our lives with stuff, with busyness and with activity. Let me ask you something. Have you ever tried to read a book without margins? Most of you haven't. I, I think I've only seen one book in my lifetime that, that did not have margins because the margins are there for a purpose. First of all, it makes it easier to hold the book because there's a place to put your thumbs, you know. And so it makes it easier to hold the book and, and you, you don't, your thumbs, your fingers are not over the words and so it makes it easier. But, but research shows us that the margins also serve a purpose and, and people a lot smarter than I am have figured this out, that, that it gives your eyes a place to land, a place for your eyes to readjust. And that's why there's margins in the, in the books that we read. Margins serve a purpose. Most of you on your way to church today You were on a road that had margins. Because the road is wider than your car actually is. I I don't know if you've ever been on a road that is just as wide as your car. I have in Ecuador before. Scared the living daylights out of me. Thought for sure I was going to die that day. But, But most of us, we came to church today on a road that had margins. It was wider than our car. And usually there's there's lines there that show us where those margins are at. There was this guy that I went to church with in Tampa, in the church I was on staff at. He was a member of the church. He was a good guy, nice guy. Um, But he had this bad habit of like getting all up in your space while you're having the conversation. You ever met anybody like that? Don't point at them if they're in the room. Just show of hands. You ever met anybody? Yeah. They just have this bad habit of just, and he would get right up in my space. No margin. No margin at all. I mean, he's just right here, right here. And nice guy. I'm telling you, man, one of the nicest guys you've ever met in your life. But conversations with him, I was like, dude, dude, you, you, you just had, you know, broccoli for dinner. I smell it. There it is, man, right there. Back off, you know, back off. And that's just who he was. He was always up in our space. I, I don't, just in case he listens to the podcast, I don't know if he does or not, but, but I'm not going to call him by his real name. We'll just say his name's Robert. How's that? Is that okay? Rob, Rob, we'll call him Rob. And, and we actually came up with a name for what Rob did. You know, Rob would get up in your space. And so if somebody else ever got up in our space, we would, we would go over to our friends and we'd be like, dude, you just got robbed. Yeah, that's what happened. We created a name for this activity. Margin is a good thing. God knew that we needed margin in our lives. But instead of creating margin, we fill up all of the space that there is. And we hope to survive. We should be creating space in our budget. Here's our limit, here's our load. We, we need to be creating space in our budget, but rather we, we stress it out to the max and then we even exceed it sometimes living above our means. We fill up our calendars rather than living, leaving days open for, for rest and relationship building in our household. And we just fill up all of those days. We're stressed out emotionally and we snap at the drop of a hat. You ever had this happen in your home? It's happened in our home. 
I walk to the refrigerator. We're having hamburgers. Every hamburger needs ketchup. Ketchup. Got to have ketchup. And I go to the refrigerator and I open it up and I'm like, who ate all the ketchup? Why didn't you buy more? And I just fly off the handle because I need ketchup. And the kids are like, don't talk about ketchup around dad today. It's, it's a bad day. And it's ridiculous, isn't it? We just, we, we let our load exceed our limit. It puts us on edge. I mean, I get it with toilet paper. You can raise cane about toilet paper. Who used all the toilet paper and didn't replace it? But ketchup? It's ridiculous. And we live life on that edge sometimes. No margin, no space there to recover, no space to help make sense of everything. And life is just better when we have margin in the key areas of our lives. We need, we need margin in our budget. We need margin in our, in our workload. We need margin in, in our obligations. We need margin in our time. And, and everyone and everything wants a piece of you and a piece of your time. And the truth is this, is that we are just finite resources. That's all we are. Without the strength of God, we are limited. And what I'm about to tell some of you, it's going to hurt your feelings, but I, I want you to get this. I want you to understand it. Some of you, your biggest problem is that you have a God complex. You think you are God. You, you, don't, you don't voice it. You don't say it. It doesn't come out. You don't even consciously believe that. But you live your life in such a way that everything depends on you. That the only way you're going to get the income that you need for your household is if you stress out every minute working. And you live life like you're a deity. I used to live my life this way. And as I mentioned, it nearly cost me my marriage. Cost me my family. We're not made to live life like that. And that's why this month is so important. I know some of you think, well, here we go again. Another year, another summer, another July where pastor preaches on Sabbath. I've asked God to give me some new revelation this year. Because I don't want it to become mundane. But yet I could preach the same message over and over and over. And some of you will never experience the joys of the Lord. Because you work like you're God. God rested on the Sabbath. What makes you greater than God? The word Sabbath derives from the Hebrew word Shabbat, which means to cease. On Sabbath, God commands us to cease from whatever we do on the other six days during the week in order to rest and to worship Him. Listen to Exodus 31 and 15 as God commands us. He says, six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day shall be put to death. So I've been praying, God, whoever works during this month on Sunday, let them die. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I have not prayed that. I have not prayed that. No, that's not the way it works. If you work on Sabbath, we're not going to take you out and, and, and shoot you. That's not the way it works. Here's what's happening. If that becomes a habit in your life, you're dying a slow death. You won't even know how the enemy is tricking you, how the enemy is messing with you, and how the enemy is destroying you. But when you 
forget to observe Sabbath, or you disregard God's command to keep the Sabbath holy, you are dying a slow death. And breaking the Sabbath is killing you, and you don't even see it. It's a slow killer. Now, in what's going to seem like a completely unrelated passage of Scripture, I want you to turn to Mark chapter 10, and I promise you I'll bring this together, and it'll all make sense. I have preached just about every Sabbath passage out of the Bible over the past, you know, nearly 11 years. So um, just trust me with this, and we'll get there, okay? But, but Mark chapter 10, I want to read verses 17 through 22. Mark chapter 10, verses 17 through 22. And it reads like this. And as he was setting out on his journey, he is Jesus, as he was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he said to him, teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, You like one thing. Go, sell all that you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. At first glance, this request by Christ seems like it could be removing the margins from this young man's life. When you just read this and you kind of read the demands that Christ put there, it, it seems like this is creating less margin. It, it's removing certain areas of security maybe that he has for his life. He says, sell all that you have and give it away to the poor. And then I want you to come and spend time with me away from your friends and family. That, those are the two requirements there. He said, you, you, you tell me you've kept all the commandments. Now here's what I want you to do. Go sell all that you have and I want you to come and follow me. But in order for you to understand the direction that Jesus was going with this conversation, you must notice what commandments that he did mention. He said, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, and honor your father and your mother. Jesus did not mention any of the commandments that deal with humanity's relationship to God, the first six commandments. That's humanity's relationship to God. God starts with that because if this is right, you'll end up getting this right. You'll end up getting the, the horizontal relationships right if you get the vertical relationships right. And so all of the commandments that Jesus mentions to this rich young man have to deal with man's relationship to man. But Jesus knew that this man needed to focus more on others and not himself. Jesus was reading this man's mail. He knew that there needed to be some changes in his life, a, a refocusing, if you will, because he had some priorities that were wrong. And, and, and I can relate to that because I know that you can't properly observe Sabbath unless you love and value other people. Because that's a big part of what Sabbath is. Sabbath, sure, it's about rest. It is about worship. 
But it is about connecting with the people that God has put in your life. That's the reason why it's so important for us to gather together, to come together as a church, to serve one another. It is so important for us to do that because you can't properly observe Sabbath without valuing people. Matthew 5, 23 and 24, Jesus said these words. He says, so if you are offering your gift, that means if you're bringing an offering to the Lord, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Jesus said if there's a problem between you and somebody else before you go and give it in the offering, I want you to leave it right there. Just put it on the floor, leave it right there and, and go and make things right. Then you come back and you offer me that offering. This goes to show you that God is more concerned with your heart than he is your money. God is so much more concerned with where our heart is at than where our wallet is at. And this young man needed to realign his priorities and Christ saw right through him. He realized this and Jesus was asking this young man to create margin in two areas of his life. One in his finances and the second with his time. Create space there. Create margin. You've got some things that are out of line. You've got some things that are out of whack there. You need to create margin in your finances and with your time. And this young man was too selfish to do what God was asking him to do. And, and so here's probably the most sobering thought of this day. So, so sit up straight, buckle up, because here we go. You're about to be mad at me, but, but here we go. You are selfish in whatever area you do not create margin. I am selfish in whatever area of my life that I do not create margin. Let me show you how this works. If your calendar is full, here's your limit, here's your load. If your calendar is full, then you're stingy with your time. If your calendar is so full of work activities that you don't have the proper time set aside to be with your wife, to be with your husband, and to be with your children, and it's in that order. Spouse first, children second. Some of you, you've got that, you've got that all messed up, and, and that's the way it works. If your load meets or exceeds that limit, you are stingy with your time. If you don't have enough time to serve the body of Christ, you're stingy with your time. I told you you were not going to like it. And bless your heart, you're going to show back up next week and take it again. Why? I don't get it. If your calendar is full, then you are stingy with your time. Listen, if your budget is full, then you are stingy with your money. I've been there. I know what this looks like. We want to live life right on the edge that's our goal if we make this much then then let our our monthly bills be right there but how is god going to use you to be a blessing to somebody else when there is no margin if you are on edge and you are about to explode you you are just living on edge all the time 
then you're selfish with your emotions and you owe it to your family and you owe it to your friends and you owe it to your God to put some space there, to put some margin in your life so that you're not living life on that edge. God's calling us to not be stingy, to put some space there so that he can use us in some great ways because if you don't have margin in your life, you will miss out on what God wants to do through your life. I'm going to tell you two stories and then I'm done. I remember a time in our lives when Mandy and I were so financially strapped. That when the pastor stood up before the congregation and had a real need, I wanted so bad to give towards that need. I felt the burden. You've been there, you know what this feels like. I had the burden burning so deep in my heart, but I had no money. We were living paycheck to paycheck and and that's how it was. And I had no money to help meet that need. And I walked out of that church service brokenhearted because I felt like God wanted me to do something, but yet I had tied the hands of God because I did not have the resources to do it. And it wasn't that the bills weren't being paid. They were. I was living paycheck to paycheck and the bills were met. That's the, that's the promise of tithing that God will meet your needs. And, and, and so we were tithers and, and we knew God was meeting our needs. But we were not living life in, in a way that, that, that displayed wisdom. And so we were allowing our load to exceed our limit. When God's calling me to put margin there. And, and, and I couldn't do anything towards that cause at all. Couldn't give one dime towards it. Just a few weeks ago, I'm sitting in a service in South Florida. And there's a need that is presented before the congregation. And because of good decisions in our life and margin that we've created, I asked Mandy, I said, babe, I feel like we're supposed to give this amount of money. It was actually a morning Bible study at a convention that I was at. Mandy and Kendall were back at the hotel and I sent her a text and I said, there's something happening. God's gripped my heart and I feel like we're supposed to give this amount of money. Now, when I say it was a significant amount, it was very significant. It would be about half of what was in our checking account. Mandy didn't hesitate. She said, if you feel like this is what God wants you to do, do it. And that's, that's always her response to me. We were able to do it and I walked away from there. I actually didn't have that much money on me. And I put an IOU in the offering. I did. With tears running down my face, I turned around to somebody. I said, can I have a piece of paper? I wrote out the amount, put it on there, put my name. And I ran down there and I put it in. The next morning, I'm standing at a bank. And I'm waiting in line and I can't wait to get this cash out of the bank because I want to give it so bad. Because I remember the day I couldn't. 
And I'm standing there. And I'm next in line to the teller. And my, my eyes fill up with tears because I'm so excited about this. And I walk up to the teller, much like I am right now, and I can't blink because if I blink, I'm going to cry. And she's going to think, my Lord, is, you know, is somebody robbing this guy? Yeah. <laughs> robbing, not robbing, you know, robbing. Yeah. <laughs> and so I get there and I couldn't wait to get to that finance office at, at this convention so I could turn in my offering. But I remember the day I couldn't do that. And through the right decisions in our lives, we've created some space, some margin to where we're not living above our limit. We've intentionally created our load here and our limit here. Some of you have heard this story, but today begs for it to be told again. I was sitting in my office one day in Tampa and our receptionist buzzed my desk. It was a Wednesday. I remember it was a Wednesday and I was very behind. I had to, to teach a youth service at night. And, and so I, I'm studying, I'm getting everything prepared. And my phone rings, my office line rings, and I pick up and our receptionist says, Pastor Rocky, there's a woman up here at the front desk and she needs to talk with a pastor. Do you have time? Or do you want me to find someone else? I say this in a very humble way, but I, I was second man on the totem pole. There was the pastor, there was me. And I felt like somebody else needs to handle this. I've got way too much on my plate. And the words I spoke into that phone haunt me to this day. Because I said, Charlene, I'm way too busy today. Find someone else. And I hung up. About an hour later, I'm, I'm walking to the, the copy room. And our missions director, her door swings open. And this woman that apparently was waiting at the desk to talk to the pastor walks out of her office. And Molly tells her, you know, it's great to see you. If you need anything, call us, you know. And that lady leaves. And Molly turns around and looks at me with so much excitement on her face. She says, I just got to pray and lead that woman to Christ. And I didn't have time for that. I didn't have margin in my life to meet with someone in need that needed Jesus. And I was too busy to introduce them to my Savior. I often wondered if that rich young man that walked away from the call of Christ, if those words ever haunted him too. If his money and his time were just that valuable to him that he could not, could not walk away from it. Couldn't create margin to spend time with the Savior. And in this first Sabbath Sunday of the month, I know last Sunday was technically the first, but here's our, our first one in this series, Margin. I want you to evaluate your life, take an inventory. 
Every area of your life requires margin. It's the way God designed it. It's the way that he wants to work. When we do that, we honor God. When we Shabbat, God will do great things in your life, in your marriage, in your home, in your occupation. Because then a true God, the God, the only God, is able to work in those situations, not you. Thank you for listening to the podcast of DCC. For service times and directions, log on to www.destinycommunitychurch.org. Thanks again for listening.